Full transparency. I understand the world better than anyone. There's sounds in the sky. The rapture is coming. Yeah. There's lizard people out there. We had a shop in Mormon when we lived in Mormon. Our family was in Mormon. Full fists are swinging by my face. I'm like, and then he would just kind of go on these little rants or tangent, tangent, whatever the word is. Nothing that's great in life is is easy, you know? Yeah. There's a nice quote that I feel like you're on your way to say. <laughs> All right. So the things that I'm going to cover on this episode, uh, we're going to try this again. Uh, I got a funny little story that I heard on a podcast uh, with Burt Kreischer, Ari Shafir, and Joey Diaz. Uh, I'm going to talk about sex after marriage. Uh, I'm going to talk about recessions and money. And then one other thing that I want to cover is uh, something that Dwayne Ludwig said to me when I got my black belt. Uh, a little quote from him that I want to cover. And then I'll dive into a bit more details on that if we get there. Yeah. What do you got today? Um Maybe talk a little bit about, I'm heading out of country tomorrow or in two days. I got a bunch of just different MMA topics. I just want to kind of throw out some rapid fire things. Nice. Uh, and talk about a few different topics. And then, um, what was the other thing? I like rapid fire. Shit. Yeah, I think that's about it. It's yeah. about it. I'm kind of, a bunch of little points today. So. Okay, cool. Uh, I'll kick it off with just my my simple little story just because I thought it was funny and it just kind of shows true friendship. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then you can get get into whatever you want to okay. get into. So I'm, I'm listening to, uh, it was the, um, not the fight companion, the Sober October, the yeah. recap. Yeah. I think it was that one. And they were, they were sharing a story. Most people, if you follow these guys like Burt Kreischer, Tom Segura, Ari Shafir, Rogan, you'll, you'll kind of know the dynamic with them all Ari Shafir is good friends with Burt Kreischer and Ari Shafir and Burt Kreischer were doing a podcast at Burt Kreischer's house with his family home so Burt Kreischer's kids are home his wife was home and they were like just in the podcast studio talking shit Ari Shafir drugged Burt Kreischer he put MDMA in his cup <laughs> and so Burt Kreischer who's like kind of a family man and like he drinks he drinks a lot but he doesn't really I don't think he's like a drug guy I don't think he's ever done MDMA yeah I don't think yeah. he's ever done Molly before yeah. and so here he is in his home talking to probably millions of people on a podcast and he's just been drugged by his friend who Ari Shafir just thought it was like a funny thing to do but anyway the the story that I wanted to share was how cool of a friend Joey Diaz is. So I thought this was so funny. So Burt Kreischer tripping out, super buzzing off MDMA. And he calls Joey Diaz and he's like panicking, being like, hey man, like I, I need help. Like, well, I don't know what to do. I'm freaking out. And Joey Diaz, I think the only thing he said was, be there in five. And then he hung up the phone. 15 minutes. Oh, yeah. I listened to this too. Be yeah. there in 15. <laughs> and then he hangs up the phone. Apparently, Joey Diaz shows up at Burt Kreischer's house. And his wife was like, hey, Joey. And he's like, Lisa, I can't talk right now. Where's Burt? <laughs> and then he just goes and finds Burt. And this is where it gets so good. Most friends would probably just want to be there with you and like, like talk to you and whatever. Just kind of hang out with you. Joey Diaz takes it a step further. He walks into the room. He looks at Ari Shafir. He's like, where's the molly? <laughs> and then he gives him the molly and Joey Diaz takes the MDMA, takes the molly so that he can get on the same level as Burt Kreischer. And then her, him and Burt Kreischer go outside and soak in the sun for however long. And while they're sitting there soaking in the sun, Bert, uh, Joey Diaz looks at Burt Kreischer and he's like, you're not going to die, cocksucker. You're not going to die. Yeah. <laughs> or something along those yeah. lines. Like, and yeah. I'm like, man. You're not going to die today. Not yeah, today. That's what it was. And I was like, what a friend, man. Yeah. Like not only to just show up there out of nowhere and console him if that can't console him is that the word anyway but to get on the same level as him i'm yeah. like man that's rank like yeah. just give me the drugs yeah. like i don't I, like he might have been doing shit like maybe he was in the middle of something but he's like oh my guy needs my help yeah i need to get here for him he understood so then the rest of his day was him doing molly with his buddy sitting yeah. in the backyard soaking up the sun yeah somebody who has more experience with that kind of shit and yeah just comforting hey, yeah. to the See, ultimate I, degree i just thought that was like a kind of a cool story especially when you know joey diaz like the yeah. guy's been to jail for kidnapping like he's lived a very rough life yeah like rough he seems like a like a mob boss boss <laughs> but it's like man like i don't think i would do that yeah most of my friends wouldn't do that that's gangster man that's, that's like real friends that's next Drop level everything, friendship you know yeah 
could you imagine? First of all, that's pretty fucked up that Ari Shafir dosed his friend like that. <laughs> yeah. I know he thought it was funny. They're all comedians. They go a little further, but that's pretty intense. Yeah, that's... I, there was a lot of people that, you know, I think I think Ari lost a lot of fans after he did that because they're like, hey, man, that's that's fucked up. Yeah. He didn't lose nearly as many fans as when he insulted Kobe Bryant right after he died. Ah, uh, yeah. That was the big one. Yeah. That's Ar- when he started. Ari takes it far, eh? Yeah, he pushes the boundaries. Could you imagine if... Ari had some Molly that was like cut with fentanyl and killed Bert. Dude, yeah, like nowadays, man, like probably don't want to be doing that. You never know, know, man. man. It's crazy. Like I remember when I was, I don't know, nineteen, twenty, the first time I did ecstasy, and there was a couple times, you know, you just kind of somebody you kind of know, you kind of trust. Right. Hey, here's this pill. Sure, pop it. (laughs) Yep. And and think about the trust you're putting in that. Oh, dude. It's Russian roulette these days. I was in Australia and I took four different pills, four different people, didn't know knew who they were. I was at a rave. It's called Cream Fields. Yeah, I remember you. We were just walking around like, hey, do you got anything? Hey, do you got anything? Just young idiots. Just, yeah, yeah, just whatever. Yeah, give me it. I'll take it. Yeah. Like, man, that's, yeah, Russian roulette, man. Crazy, eh? Wild. And I, I think over the last 10, like, I think now is a lot different than 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So yeah, crazy. It's crazy. That's, that's how I wanted to yeah, kick it off. I love Joey Diaz. <laughs> yeah, I just thought it was such like a cool, I don't know, cool story of like yeah, somebody having a panic attack, and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, just like seeing what real friendship is. Yeah, I'm like man, that's fucking cool. Yeah, just drop your life. Just, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna come get on the same level I as got you. you. You're gonna be okay. Yeah, yeah, that's cool, man. Um, okay, I'm gonna just throw a few things yeah. out there. <clears throat> Have you heard of UFC's new business venture, Power Slap? No. <laughs> oh, now that you say that, I literally just, when you were pissing outside, I grabbed my phone and I saw the, like the idiots that just stand there and slap the shit out of each Dude, other. Dude, Dana is endorsing this and it, they're partnering with the UFC and Dana's like putting the shit on. It's called Power Slap. They stand at that little table, two people, and they smack the shit out of each other. And they might get knocked the fuck out. Man, so I saw that video. I saw him post that. And the first thought that I had was, why is that on Dana White's page? I don't give a shit about this. Yeah. I feel like the the skill level and the, the mastery that goes behind that is not there. I don't care. <laughs> I don't give a fuck about two people slapping them. Like I, Anytime I see those videos, I just start doing this. Yeah. I scroll. Here, here's my thoughts on it. I first seen it. And I was like, this is so stupid. You know that movie? Um, what's that movie where we just keep getting dumber and dumber through the years and the decades? Dumber and dumber? No, it's um, uh, it's like right now we have Fuddruckers Restaurant. And then like after all of the dumb people keep procreating and the smart people don't. And this is like a movie that keeps like, there's like prequels to it. And, or sequels. No, it's one movie, but it's oh, like oh. five years later and Fuddruckers is now like Fuddbuckers. And like Didn't 10 it? years later, it's like Buttfuckers. It's like, we're just getting stupid. Oh, was that, a, was that an actual movie? I always thought Aaron just made that up. The <laughs> oh. Buttfuckers thing. <laughs> um, oh, anyways, Damn, it's yeah, this movie about, like I said, the dumb people keep breeding, the smart people don't. And this world in like 50 years, we just... We're a bunch of idiots yeah. with like big, shiny, cool things, but like we have no depth. We're not intelligent anymore. Right. And it, it's a funny movie. It's a parody, but it's a little scary because it's like, man, it's, you know, true. shit could happen. Well, especially because I was, we were talking about how Seneca over 2000 years ago was talking about very similar issues that we have today. It's like, we don't learn. We get shiny things around us. We evolve technologically, but as humans, we don't evolve that much. Yeah. Still dumb monkeys. Yeah. And anyways, I seen this and I'm like, oh, it's happening. This is like what the UFC is endorsing now. Like, are we getting that stupid? This is so dumb. And then Dana, like I watched a little video on how Dana teamed up with them. And, and that's all it takes to make you dumb, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Just one little uh, salesman like Dana White talking about it. And you're like, yeah, okay. Like I can get behind this slap game. <laughs> Hear me out. <laughs> I still think it's dumb, but I, the businessman Dana, I can understand why he got behind right. it. So he said people kept tagging him in these videos and he thought it was dumb too. And then he started talking to the people promoting these like slap events and he started to see the numbers that they were producing. And he's like, Jesus, like these are like serious numbers of people who tune into this. So they partnered up and I watched this promo. It's almost like UFC where, yeah, these 
unathletic, regular Joe people. This is the desperate housewives of fighting. This yeah. is like the reality TV show, like the dumb dumb shows, but for fighting. It's like you don't have to bring any real mastery to the table, right. but we'll put the spotlight on. So it's it's doing a promo of these people that are like regular people, and it's like hyping it up like they're UFC fighters, and like they even like I think have walkouts and like they all have their own demeanor, and it's it's kind of dumb. But I'm just thinking, in this day and age, there are there's a market for everything. There's a niche market for everything. There are so many casual fans that don't want to see jujitsu. They don't even want to see high level striking. They just want to see people getting knocked the fuck out. Right. They just want to see people getting hit. And I'm like, with this power slap, there's two people and someone guaranteed yeah. every time is getting smacked hard. And, and a lot of the times knocked out cold because they hit you with the hard part of the hand right, right on the jaw with all their weight into it. So funny, man. Like all the studies they do on CTE and like all these movies coming out and documentaries on brain trauma. And, you know, we're trying to like make some sports as safe as we can. And then, and then these guys are like, you know what? That's all nonsense. Let's like, you're just going to knock each other out every time. And even if you don't, you're going to get hit so hard so many times. And that's what's dumb. It's like the, the nice thing about MMA is if you're somebody like Israel Adesanya or even boxing, you're somebody like Floyd Mayweather, you can fight to be evasive. You can hit and not get hit. That can be your motto. But with this, it's like you're just you're taking hits to the head every time. You can't slip slip out of the way. See, that's what I don't like. It's like <laughs> there's, there's no skill in actually like protecting yourself. Yeah. And I and I understand the business and number part of it, but it's like at what point do you sell your soul to the devil? Yeah. At what point do you just become a trash can? Exactly. Like Dana White, you have everything. Yeah. How much more do you want? Yeah. You own the fight world. You're bigger than boxing, kickboxing, Moit. You're bigger than it all. And now you're going to endorse this garbage yeah. that takes no skill. A hillbilly yeah. with zero training, drinks beer every night, could go there, be champion. Yeah. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. And you're right. How much more money do you need? What did he say? What does the UFC sell for? Was it $4 Four billion? billion, I think. $4 like, billion. He's, he's, he's either a billionaire or he's got hundreds he's, and hundreds of millions. He's got to be a billionaire he's, by now. So it's like, yeah, what? why do you need more money? But at the same time, I can see the market and I can see how he sees the numbers. And he says, hey, if we put our promotion and our money behind this, we can make it even bigger. Right. And we're, he sees dollar signs. And, yep. I, and I get it. Yep. But it's, it is dumb. It's like it's just dumbing us down. It's like, here, you don't even have to worry about people dancing around for five minutes. You don't have the patience. Right. Just stand at this table and watch people get knocked out. And that's the thing. It's like you, you can hardly even get mad at Dana. You almost <laughs> just have to get mad at people. Exactly. We're the ones watching it. Yeah. P like people watch these reality shows. They watch the dumb slap boxing. Like we watch these things that take very little character, very little skill. They're mind numbing. They're stupid. And yet we're the ones fucking clicking on it. Yeah. We're voting when we watch you're, it. You're voting with your clicks. Yeah. Yeah, man. And that's the thing with the UFC's power marketing behind it. They're going to make it so Even hard bigger. to ignore. And you think if you're sitting around, you know, like having drinks with your with your guys at home whatever and uh it's it's on tv and there's all this other stuff there's sports highlights it's like hey let's check this out this is crazy people are gonna watch it right it's nuts see that and that's one of those things for me where it's almost like some of those pranks like that people like vitaly used to do like i find them entertaining for a moment and then i'm done martial arts i'll find entertaining till i die yeah, it, like the the fight game, the evolution of it, the technique, the strategy. Like I I love that, but like with slap boxing, how many f fights in air quotes are you gonna watch? You know, it's like you you watch a full card and there's ten bouts, and I'm saying bouts in air quotes, like the slap boxing. You watch the first one, big smack, knockout. Ah, oh. second one, big smack. Ah, oh. third, fourth. How many more smacks, knockouts do you want to see? Is it like? is somebody providing you with the better technical <laughs> slap than the other? And you're like, Oh, that was a nice slap. And it's, it's, it's all like when I watched the promotional video, like there's even women that do it. And they're like, I don't know. It's like, they kind of talk about their background and they, they're trying to get it. So you're invested in, in each right. character. Yeah, and for sure. it's like, they had a tough upbringing and like, they can just take a shot and, it sounds about right. Tough upbringing, no education. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the people that are, could you imagine just being a kid aspiring to be a slap box champion? Man, it's, it's, <laughs> um, it's so stupid to me. Yeah. I, I get it why Dana's doing it, but it's, it makes me shake my head as like, oh, we're actually going in this direction. Yeah. 
And it, and it's at first I almost thought it was a joke, but I'm like, and then Dana was up on the mic with the new logo behind him, and I was like, oh, like he's actually dead serious Dolan. about this. Man, it's one of those things where like I I just and easier said than done. I might sell my soul to the devil too. But I wish that when people were like close to billionaire status, that they would just have the character to be like, I'm not doing this. Yeah. You could pay me a trillion dollars. It's just not my thing. Yeah. I love MMA. I love yeah. martial arts through and through. Like he was yeah. a boxing guy growing yeah. up. Like just stay stay true to the martial artist in that fight game. I know, man. You know, I just wish people had a bit more balls. Yeah. But again, easier said than done. Well, I might fucking I might sign the dotted line too. And all in all, Dana is a businessman. He's not a true martial artist. Right. He's a fight promoter. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, certain people wouldn't do that, but... Yeah. Um, Idiocracy. That's the movie. Oh, okay. Oh, I've never... Yeah, I've never seen we that. We keep that's getting dumber one. and dumber. It's... I remember watching it with your cousin Kyle Bolt like way back when I was in college. It's probably like a 20-year-old movie, but... Is it a movie or a documentary? Movie. Oh. Yeah, it's it's hilarious. Huh. Okay. Um, okay. So that's power slap. Dumb. Did you listen to Joaquin Buckley on Rogan? He's a UFC fighter. No. He's the guy that had that like Michael Jordan kick knockout. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, no, I, I haven't heard that. So he threw a front kick. The guy catches his leg. He spins around and spinning back kicks him in the head. One of the craziest knockouts ever. One of the craziest knockouts yeah. in UFC history. Here's the crazy thing about it. I didn't know much about this guy. Up until that fight, he just trained himself watching youtube videos he didn't have a legit gym or a legit coach wow he bounced around a couple other gyms but joe is shocked to hear this he yeah he just watched and, and not even just like all like really good technique videos but he would watch like old school martial arts stuff and like um like karate stuff and just mm. just make notes and like train himself and try stuff and up to that point and now he finally has like wow. a camp behind him but <sighs> The benefits to that, as I'm, th- I'm just thinking, is that you don't have confined walls around you. So if you train at a Bang Muay Thai gym or um, whoever, whatever, Greg Jackson, doesn't matter. They're going to teach you a particular way of doing things. <clears throat> it's probably going to be very effective, obviously, and highly skilled. But there are going to be some walls that like we don't do that way. We don't do it this way. We do it this way. Yeah. Whereas if you're just coming up and you're watching YouTube videos and you're just flowing and doing whatever the fuck works for you, it kind of gives you a little bit of what Bruce Lee was saying, be like water. Mm -hmm. You know, you can kind of just flow because you don't have any, um, like real structure. structure. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So yeah, I could, I could see it, but yeah, eventually I'm sure he's probably thankful he's got a gym now, I would imagine. Cause yeah. eventually you're going to run into people that you need more structure and yeah. more skill, more discipline in your style. Well, and that's what he said. Now he's in a position where he doesn't have to do the research. Like they have everything and they just tell him what to do and right. it, it's good for him. But some people are just freak athletes too. And he clearly, is a freak athlete. If you're doing that move that yeah. he did, you're a freak athlete. That's yeah. not a Ben Askren move. Yeah. That's not something like Ben Askren just does. Yeah. You know? And he said nobody taught him that. He would just practice it on the bag. Wow. So you just like touch, touch it on the bag. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he said another cool thing. Um, your fighting style should be like a fingerprint. Hmm. Meaning like it's, it's unique. There's only, there's only one Jesse bolt, you know, um, you can pull just, yeah, again, the whole Bruce Lee concept, you can pull from everywhere, leave out what you don't like, but it's like everybody's fighting style, just like every person, every individual is and should be unique in their own way. Yeah. And, and it's, it's true when you think about it, it's like, if you put a silhouette around certain people just by the way they move, you know, like, yeah. You could have a silhouette shadow of a rod tang, the way he marches forward. And you're like, okay, that's yeah. nobody else moves quite like that. Or, or like Edson Barbosa. It's like, okay, like right. that movement is Edson Barbosa. Nobody else moves quite like that. And yeah. it's kind of cool to aspire to. It's like, be unique, be, be your own. Like your style is, is your fingerprint. You know? That'd be kind of a fun game. If you know, in a video game when you're like, uh, maybe about to like face a boss and they have just like a black silhouette of the, the guy, the guy kind of like doing this, like yeah. moving in his stance, but it's like, you don't know who it is. You just see the movement of him and it'd be fun to like guess who it would be. Yeah. Like Keith Jardine. Yeah. Yeah. Anderson Silva. Totally. GSP. Yeah. Like, yeah, I bet, I bet we could name like all yeah. the obvious ones, like totally. all the greats, you know? Totally. Yeah. Huh. Um, Frankie Edgar, did you see his fight? 
Yeah, he got. Uh, yeah, he got finished. I'm just trying to remember how he got knocked out. Knee. Knee. That's right. Yeah, I remember when he got hit with the knee. I'm like, again, man. Damn, man. It's a crazy game. Yeah. You know, a lot of the greats go out on their shield. And who did he fight again? Um, Do you remember. I don't remember the guy's name. I can see his face, but up he's like an up-and-comer yeah. guy. Um, he, um, It's just so sad because you see, it shows Frankie Edgar. It's his last fight in the UFC. This this legend, this guy that's been around forever. It shows in his, New York too, I think, yeah, right? He, where, where he's from yeah, in that area. Anyway. Exactly. He's from, I think, New Jersey. Right. It shows his three kids and his wife like cage side, you know, a big tribute fight. And they danced around for about a minute, you know, flashing some shit out there first strike landed he, he he changes levels out cold with a jumping knee fucking knees man and i was just like and think ortega same thing did it to frankie edgar was it jumping ortega? oh yeah jumping it, knee. it was i thought it was Corey sanhagen i think it was Corey sanhagen oh yeah um yeah you're right yeah. um yeah the uppercut was was ortega okay knocked him out so like frankie's had a tough run recently Quit dipping your head frankie and uh, it's just, it's it's sad, man. I'm just yeah. like, I seen that and I was just like, fuck. Like, yeah. even the guy who won, he's like, man, I hate to see Frankie go like this. And Fighting is ruthless. Yeah. Doesn't care how good your fight camp went. Doesn't good how many times you pray, say a mantra. You yeah. could eat all your veggies, sleep perfectly, show yeah. up, get knocked out bad in front of your entire family. Yeah. That's it. The fight game is like, it's like just the the economy the market it's yeah. like do you have a product does it sell does it work if not yeah. we're not going to give you money yeah. we'll bankrupt you at any stage in your life right you got to have a good product you know? and but that's the thing though it's like you could still have a good product but one error like in in a long-term business if if your product makes one error in a month or in a day or a week it's like you could climb yeah. out of it but like one bad error in a fight you're you're like your product's on the shelf for another six months to a year yeah. It's like the the repercussions of one slight error, even though your product might be way better than that. Perfect example, and I'm sure you're going to get into it, Israel Adesanya Pereira. I think Israel Adesanya had a way better product. I think he's the better fighter. He has better movement. He has, um, he has more options, bigger arsenal. But when someone is so big and strong and they hit so hard. Fuck, he looked big. Dude. Pereira. Like, what do you do with that? It's like, again, his, I think his, Izzy's product was superior, but it's just that dynamite in his hands. And Izzy made one mistake of getting to the cage a little too much and didn't circle. He was doing a really good job prior to that, but he sat there for a little too long and let Pereira just get off too many shots. Yeah. Scary. So let's get right into that. Yeah. Sorry. I just, no, that's that's perfect transition. So Pereira, he is the perfect villain. Hey, yeah. He's just, this is what I find so funny. You know, Israel apparently did really good in their two kickboxing fights, arguably could have won one yeah. and was winning one fight. And then he just got knocked out in Brazil. Yep. Izzy comes to MMA, comes to UFC, has all the success. Prayer sitting at home. Whenever Izzy wins a fight, he's the champ. He's wearing this gold belt. He has success. People know him. Prayer is like, I fucking knocked this guy out. And he's like, twice. I'm going to get into the MMA. I'm going to get in the UFC. <laughs> he climbs his way up and he takes what's what's Adesanya's right out of his hands. And just barely too, man. Israel like, was winning that yeah, fight. For sure. He, More he complete. Hurt, he hurt him a few times. Like kind of wobbled him a little bit. Right at the end of that round? Yeah. That was sick. Yeah, man. It's it's We've talked about this before too, but it's like, man, sometimes like skill and technique and, and your arsenal, it just, <clears> it doesn't if people are so mentally tough and they have such a strong will to win and they hit hard, that's a tough thing to beat, man. Well, so Glover, do do? Glover lost the belt recently. Like right. he was in the last round. He was winning the fight. He, he got caught. He got wow. choked. Um, uh, look at Carmaro Usman, how he lost. He was yeah, winning that fight. Right. Head kicked in the last minute. Right. Like fighting, like back to ruthlessness. Yeah. And I remember I, so I texted my, my buddy Justin and I, we were talking about the fight and right before the Izzy fight started, right before the card started, I, w- I, I said confidently, I was like, Izzy's going to win as long as he stays focused right to the end. Right to the end. Because I, I really felt that he was, because I, I watched their kickboxing fights and I'm like, Izzy's the better fighter. He just is. Hmm. He just doesn't pack the dynamite, that knock, like that chocolate L power where it's like, man, if he touches you, you're in trouble. Yeah. Whereas Izzy could touch you a few times and yeah. you're going to get, you're going to sting a little, yeah. but like you might be okay. Man, Pereira, he hits way too hard. Man, it's crazy. I, 
his left hook is his is his bomb yeah. and there were so many times where it just glanced like an inch by Izzy's head and I'm just like man <laughs> Izzy you can't let that yeah. land and the thing is like you you look at a um another great fight Poirier and Chandler oh, amazing yeah. fight great fight someone like Chandler they wing punches Pereira is technical but he just still like the way he he moves his body right. into all his shots he's weird technical because I wouldn't a I weird even, style man. I don't even know if I would say he's technical it's it's like um it's like a weird stiff technical it's almost like this yeah their shots are a little deceiving and his hands are down he throws from the hip a lot yeah like I remember Kurt told me to check out him hitting pads one time and he's mm. like man he's his hands are down like the guy just chucks from the hip yeah I think he just knows he's so tough that he just gets more power with his punches that way, and he's willing to eat some of yours yeah. in exchange to hit you with his. Yeah, because he does get take some shots. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild, man. I was listening to Israel Adesanya on Flagrant. He uh, handled the loss so well. Did you listen to that? I didn't hear that one, no. Yeah, he handled the loss so well. He's just like, people are surprised that I'm cool with it. He's like, man, I'm so grateful for everything I have. Like, this life I live is a blessing. He's like, it's, it's a fight. Someone wins, someone loses. He's like, people feel weird that I'm not like super crushed by this loss because they think about how they would feel. But he's like, I'm not them. He's like, they think I should be crushed by this loss, mm. but I'm not them. I'm me. And he's like, I will live to fight again and I'm going to come back and the hunter will be the hunted. I'm going to come hunt him now. And look, let's be honest. I bet he's relieved as well. Less Probably. pressure now. Like being the best in the world and everyone's yeah. always saying you're the best, you're the bat. Like when are you going to fall? Like you have so much pressure at the top, I'm sure, that it's like you just have so many voices in your ear and so many comments online talking about how you're the greatest, so many highlight reels. Like I, so many champions have said they felt relieved when they lost. Yeah. It, it's just like I don't know what it is. I've never been at that level, but it's like I could understand it. Like For when sure. Matt Hughes lost, he's like, yeah, I was kind of relieved. Yeah. Like you yeah. don't have that pressure anymore. You can oh, just yeah. be yourself. Yeah. Pe like the public accepts you as human and not just this God. Yeah. It's like until you lose, like everyone's like, oh, like the almighty Izzy's fighting again. Yeah. Then you lose and you're like, okay, like I can just be me again. Yeah. People just expect you to win after a certain amount of yeah. wins. And like Drake lost 2 million on, oh, wow. on him. Man, Drake's been betting heavy, man. He's like... He shows his, like, stake bets on the bets on UFC. Okay. It's like, bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you got the money, I guess. I think, I think he bet $2 million and because Izzy was the favorite, his payout would have been 2.9. So he, he wouldn't even have profited right. a million, but he's confident, and then there you go. But I'm surprised he made that bet. But that's what they were saying on Flagrant is, like, it's probably not his money. Like, he yeah. promotes this stake right. betting platform so well that they're probably like, bro, like... You know, post these bets, you have yeah. whatever, 160 million followers, like whatever. That's what I mean. Sometimes when like I hear like super rich people like lose money, I'm like, was it your money though? Or like, I yeah. feel like you guys just somehow know how to get money to spend. Yeah. That's not yours. Yeah. It's, you it's, know, charity money or something. Yeah. <laughs> they work together with the company probably. Yeah. Um, my last little uh, rapid fire thing is Rumble Johnson. You hear about him? Yeah. Crazy, yeah. man. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I don't know much about it. Um, 38 years old died of an unknown or uh, illness unknown causes mm. seems crazy but 38's young man yeah that's young it's crazy how like like <clears throat> i feel like that was probably the like natural life expectancy or uh, yeah. um average average life, life expectancy at certain times in human history but it's, it's crazy wild, like man. that elias theodore died recently rumble johnson it's you know just because you're young and healthy like man life is life is crazy like you know things can change tomorrow for for any of us yeah. you know yeah it's uh makes it goes, you count your blessings it goes back to that ruthlessness like how fighting is ruthless like man life is ruthless yeah. that's why like i love fighting in martial arts it's like it's yeah. almost like training grounds for life it's like it's not yeah. always fair yeah it's just not yeah you know for sure it's, it's like so um, real yeah man it's like yeah sometimes like you could be training for like eight years and some guy comes in who's super athletic trains for a year and then he just steamrolls you that's life. Yeah. Some people are just better than you at that yeah. thing. Like, I don't have the brain capacity that, like, a I don't know, a Jeff Bezos or a Elon Musk or some of these. Like, I just don't have that. Yeah. I got my own skills and my own abilities mm -hmm. that maybe they don't have. But it's like, shit, man, life's not fair sometimes. Yeah. Some people have it all. Some people yeah. are like 6'4", super smart, good looking. Yeah. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? But it's crazy, man. Like, I'm just thinking as we're talking now. 
It's like, I've kind of been in my head a little bit this week, like haven't been having the best week. There's just been a couple uh, work situations that have been weighing on me, like just a couple of whatever, just, just dumb work situations. And, um, it's so easy to just wake up and think about your problems and think like, once this is done, things will be good again. But like, oh, you know, like not everything's perfect in my life right now. And I'm dealing with some headache stuff. And then you just have to think, and it took me till now, it's Wednesday. It took me till now to just think like, bro, you have your health. Like Rumble Johnson was a healthy guy. And then one day it all changed. It's like, what else do you need? Like, are you going to lose a few grand? Are you going to add an extra half an hour to your work day. It's like, yeah. What, 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 what is there really in life? It's like, you know, like sometimes finding gratitude is just the simplest things. Yeah. It's like my body is in harmony right now. Like I have my health. Yeah. Man, you just remind me of a thought that's been going through my head for a while. So I'm reading that book on Seneca. Um, and they talk a lot about slaves back then. They like it's just, everybody had slaves. It was around the time Jesus was born, over two thousand years ago, and he just kept talking about like slaves in the book and these letters that he was writing. Um, he treated them very well, just so you guys know, <laughs> like a nice stoic. But um, it made me think of what you just said with gratitude. And I was thinking like sometimes we take our jobs for granted or we take our relationship for granted or just our life in general. You know, we think poor me or like, you know, why aren't things going my way? Mm-hmm. And then I pictured if one of those slaves ever had the opportunity to be in my shoes to do what I do, how much passion, dedication and urgency they would put into that, mm. bro, they would do all of our jobs better than everyone, all of us right now because we got so soft and so complacent with the way that we live but i was just picturing someone who is a slave owned by another human you do as you're told when you're told you don't get paid in anything but food and water just to keep you alive Mm -hmm. and that's it so could you imagine if all of a sudden they got the opportunity to like you know just be on the mats and share martial arts and study martial arts and you know walk their dog and eat freedom make money and have freedom like like this life is a video game do what you want today so yeah Man, I just I just pictured I'm like, bro, like the 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 life would just fill you up. You'd have all this energy and pizzazz and just like tackle every day like it was your last. And so it was and obviously that that thought that I had and that feeling that I had will pass, but it gave me like really good just a really good feeling for a while where I'm like, man, I'm fucking grateful. My yeah. life is I've been sick for 3 weeks and I, like health is wealth. Yeah. It's tough like I've been having I've been struggling in that sense. Yeah. But just that thought and playing with that thought I was like, man, you have it fucking amazing. Yeah. My life is sweet. Yeah. You know. Yeah, we're complicated in humans, you know. It's yeah. um it's easy to kind of get caught up in the emotion some days and just like we have everything right now, you know. And and you just lay there and be like, "Oh, poor me." Like right. this life is hard. I'm not excited about anything. It's like what are you talking about? Yeah. It's just perspective. Man, talk about perspective. I got a story for you. So I I don't even know how I stumbled upon this. How the fuck did I stumble upon this? I don't know. Maybe I was I was watching fight videos and I don't know if it just popped up on my YouTube feed, but anyway, I watched this video. Um these these two guys were going around asking people for a dollar. Just that they would they dressed up like they were kind of homeless and they would just walk up to people and be like, hey, like, um, could I get a dollar? I'm, I'm hungry. I could, I could use something to eat. And that was their, their kind of line. They were asking for a dollar and then they were asking like they, they, they were hungry. They wanted some food. And this guy posted up in a kind of a richer area for three hours. Not one penny was given. And you could tell the guy was pretty frustrated. Like he was almost in tears because he's like, bro, he's like, I'm understanding how hard this life is these people have money. I know it. And they're not giving us like a dollar. I asked for one guy said, he's like, I'd rather burn my money than give it to you. It was like a, like a kind of a New York arrogant guy. And I just was watching this video and I'm getting like, kind of like, like a little bit worked up. And then he, he asked, uh, this other person for, for money. He's like, he's, and the guy was like Spanish. So he he was kind of like, he was almost like cute in a way how he said things. But he's like, he's like, mama, could I get a dollar? Like I'm hungry and like, I got to eat, you know, could I get a dollar? And she gives him a dollar and he's like, oh, thank you. Thank you. Like, could I, could I get one more? The woman was homeless. She gave him a dollar. He tried to push it a little further and was like, could I get another one? The homeless lady said, no, that was all I have. That was my last dollar. 
the guy gets emotional right away and he's like mama he's like did you just say this is your last dollar she's like yeah that's all i got he's like and you gave it to me she's like yeah she's like god blesses me every day she's like i'll get another dollar bro i was like crying watching this youtube video damn i was like what the fuck is wrong with people yeah why is the brokest most damaged person with nothing giving that guy a dollar when everybody else i saw the video everyone else is dressing nice they got like he even said he's like man these people got gucci bags and like fucking brand new nikes like they got their purses out like i see these people got money yeah and this lady who's got all mangled teeth looking like ratchet ass shit gives me her last dollar and says god blesses me every day don't worry i'll find another dollar talk about perspective yeah right like right when you said perspective i'm like man like where's her perspective at like talk about just like oh you need something here you go sweetie and then you just look at yourself like oh shit maybe i needed that she didn't think about that though yeah and it's like it 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 almost just um when i watched that video there was something oh fuck i i wish i had written it down and i should have um oh i did (laughs) um (laughs) So there, it reminded me of something that Seneca said in his book. He said, uh, and he's writing letters to this one of his students, and it said, "You ask what is the proper limit to a person's wealth," and his response was, first, having what is essential, and second, having what is enough." And I was like, "That's beautiful," and I like that. But what is essential and what is enough? Mm-hmm. It's different for everybody, and I. Th- think sometimes like and i wonder if like the trap that humans are in and and i'm not saying a trap in a bad way like i some of it is justified it's like we don't know what the future holds and so like we want to keep stockpiling money in my mind that's justified like you don't know if there's if you're gonna lose your job or if family's gonna get sick and you're gonna need money like it's it's smart to to save and have like a good cushion and to make sure you continually earn money because it's expensive to live yeah or like maybe you're planning to start a family or something right and you're like okay i want to start saving for other people you know yeah and then and so you know Aaron and I are, you know, we talk about buying a home and stuff. And then we're like, well, you know, if we, if we have kids, like each one of them gets a room and it's like, really each one of them gets a room. So North America, that's a normal thing, right? You got three kids. They each get their own bedroom. Mm -hmm. You think foreign families are doing that shit? Like, no bitch. We're bringing grandma and grandpa, uncle, and auntie, our cousins. We're all sleeping in this one house together. You can get bunk beds, you little shit. Mm -hmm. Figure it out. That's why they got deep pockets. Like a lot of them got deep pockets, but I, I feel like a lot of the times what is essential and what is enough here, it, it just be, it's become very extravagant, you know? And yeah. again, it's, I'm not saying it's like bad. I mean, a lot of it's justified, but watching that video, it just made me like sick inside. I was like, man, we're sick. Yeah. Like humanity. Yeah. It's like just in general, we're kind of fucked up. Yeah. It's like, fuck everyone. I got to take care of myself. Yeah. You know, but again, it's we like our the system and the lifestyle we live. We kind of have to like look like my mom, the way that she lives off the grid, right? She would not be allowed to live that way here in the city. Mm-hmm. You're literally not allowed, even though she's peaceful. She's got a beautiful setup. If she took that same thing and you just plopped it in the city, ticketed, fine, shut down, not allowed to do that. You have to spend more money if you want to live here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and even even what you were doing with the van life, that's cool. You know, when right. you were like under the 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 radar. But think if a lot more people started doing that, right? They'd be like, all right, no, we, we got to make some money off this. You can't just you yeah. can't just live like this, and we're not getting anything. Yeah, they'd be ticketing people. They'd be shooting you off the streets. Yeah. They'd be looking for you. <clears throat> yeah, it's crazy. So yeah. kind of like yeah. yeah, it just yeah, watching that video and then hearing what Seneca said, I just started thinking like, what is essential and what is enough? Like, are we are we just like really self? Have we just become really selfish people? Because look, most people they're not giving that guy any money. Yeah. Do you, if you're walking on the streets in Saskatoon and somebody asks you for money, do you, what do you do? After watching that video, I give them money. Yeah. Most of the time, I actually do give money. Yeah. Most of the time, yeah. Like if I have cash on me, that's the other thing too. As I was watching the video, and I a part of me was like, look, most of these people probably don't even have cash. Yeah. They probably just have that's a debit. A, that's a true thing. If if all you have is 20s and 50s and someone's like, hey, do you got $2? It's like, well, I'm not going to give you 20. I gave so, a guy 20 bucks once on, you know, that Circle Drive? Circle Drive and uh, 
uh, Circle Drive and Idlewild. You know when you're coming up the ramp and that motherfucker's dude, always on the corner? that's their spot. That's their spot, dude. You give them 20? Yeah, usually when I'm driving up, I'm like, fuck, because I know I'm going to hit the red light. Now you're just sitting there and they're staring at you. Yeah. I just had a 20 on me and I just rolled the window down and I just gave him the 20. Damn, that's pretty generous. Yeah. That's pretty generous. Never again, but. I, yeah, I, I judge the situation, man, and my judgment could be off. Every now and then I do, but I just don't want to promote alcoholism and drug use when you could tell that, like, I don't know, man. See, I I thought about that too, but then a part of me was like, if he wants it and that's where he's at and he would prefer a bottle of booze over a meal, hey, what am I going to do? I don't know what to do there. It's one of those tricky things too. It's like, you don't, it's like you want to be generous. You want to help somebody, but are they getting anything from this you know it's like you want to teach a man how to fish not just give him fish it's like are you just promoting the problem or is that just a way to justify not being generous i think that's what it is yeah i think we've all justified not helping people yeah even if they want like half those people you're not going to teach them how to fish yeah they're too fucked up they're too far gone they they're just existing and sometimes just giving them like look you see someone that lives in a home and they, they lived a civilized life and they have a vehicle, but they're 450 pounds. That guy's still allowed to go get another donut and stuff it down his throat. Like, it's like they're still allowed to consume their drugs and what's killing them. And yet we turn the blind eye just because this guy doesn't have a home and a car. I guess it's a positive thing to do. It makes you feel good. Yeah. It makes them say thanks. It's a positive interaction. It's not harmful. You're not, you know, promoting... I don't know. It, it, it's it's more of a net benefit than a negative. Yeah. Yeah. And especially when you look at like in a global sense, like I was like, man, imagine if just everybody just kind of gave just a little bit every time somebody yeah. asked. Like, I don't know, man. It just like, yeah. Watching that video just made me feel weird inside where I'm like, man, yeah. we're, yeah. we're fucked up. We're fucked up. We're fucked yeah, up. Yeah, we're broken. Yeah. And I'm not saying like me too. I'm fucked up too. Like I have my own crutches and I have my own desires to make money. Like I'd give them a little bit, but not that much. The crazy thing about people too is though, you've seen, we've all seen this where there's that guy collecting money and then he goes around the corner and gets in his BMW, you know? Right. Or else also, here's here's what I normally like to do. Provide some sort of value. Mm. If you're sitting there with a guitar hey, you're providing music. Right. If you're juggling a couple rocks, hey, you're providing entertainment. It's like the push-up guy in White Ave doing one-arm push-ups exactly, for money. Exactly. Respect, man. You take all my money, you barrel-chested fuck. <laughs> 20 bucks, yeah, I'll do, what was it, 2,100 Dude, push-ups? Dude, you would do it, name it. Dude. Name, put, pick your fucking number and he'll do it. 100, yeah. But here's the thing, the nice thing Natalia was saying in Brazil, you know, they, they come up, like kids come up with like a handful of like these little wrapped up candies and ask for money and they'll give mm. you a candy or they'll come in they'll clean your windshield and parking it's like i i like when there's some sort of value even if it's like give someone a compliment and then ask right. for a money but it's like don't sit there with your head down i don't know you yeah. got to do something i feel but again maybe that's just me being greedy or Very, uh, negative yeah know? what's the word of it like aristocrat like do something for me <laughs> clown that's juggle really- Play a guitar. Can you tell a joke? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, but it's yeah, like, why can't it. you just give unconditionally? You <laughs> asshole. Yeah. Yeah. So That's you what I need mean. something in return. That's the North That's American the way. Conditional. Yeah. We're so conditional. We're solving things here, <laughs> but it's true though. Right. Yeah, there is like, we want a condition. We want, we want something, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I've, I've said that too. I've kind of thought like, I always liked it when I saw somebody who's maybe living on the streets, but they developed a bit of a skill, but it's like, man, some people might not just, maybe they just got down and out. Like I just watched a video of a, a working actor. He was talking about, he was homeless in LA, very expensive place to live. Um, had a bad divorce. Um, she took a lot of his money and he still pays it every single month of the day he dies. He got no money. So he, she was living at his place. Uh, he ended up living with a friend. Um, then he just felt uncomfortable living with that person so he one of his old bosses gave him an old car he lived in there for a year and a half some asshole stole that car and and just down just again say whatever you want but it's like man sometimes just people fucking get there really quick and they're like maybe he didn't develop a fucking skill yet and he's just down and out and it's like man i don't have the mental capacity to learn guitar right now yeah sorry just give me money 
Yeah, I've seen I've seen kind of little short documentaries like that too. Of there's like tunnels under, like in Las Vegas, the or mole New York. people in New York. Yeah. yeah, people living underground, and I've seen somebody go up and interview someone random. Yeah, I just watched one yesterday, and they tell their story, and it's like, fuck, I I give some sympathy to this yeah. guy, like. He seems like a good person who just had a lot of shitty luck. It's one of those things where, like, again, this podcast is to be called Ruthless, but it's like, man, life is ruthless, right? Like, it's like yeah. some people, they, they did their best to make decisions. They made the same decisions that a lot of people made that that didn't happen to them. It was just the timing, the luck, like that. Let's be honest. Sometimes life has a lot to do with luck. Yeah. Oh, totally. When you were born, what time you bought that house, what time you invested, what time you started the company, what time you went out to the bar and met the love of your life or the fucking opposite, you know? Um, Luck plays more of a part than we give it credit for. For sure. All of our lives. For sure, man. Like Cody Drone got lucky being, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And here's, here's the last thing I want to say on that is I think it's an extremely good practice or behavior, something to pick up doing. Um, In business... In, in life in general to give without expecting anything back right. and, and not even just like giving money to strangers but um, like <laughs> helping someone out giving a favor and not expecting anything ever right. you know Gary V actually preaches that a lot yeah and um, there's there's something about that you know yeah. just giving unconditionally right yeah I, I man it's so funny I was gonna say something off what you just said but then as soon as you said Gary V gives unconditionally somebody just was like roasting him and it, I just thought it was so funny they're like this fucking Gary guy just talks about the hustle and the grind they're like you motherfucker you grew up on a fucking wine vineyard you were so rich and it almost sometimes he talks as if he grew up poor and the guy was just like, I think you're a little bit disconnected. I love what he says, but there is like a little bit of me that's kind of like, oh, oh, it's yeah. hard to like receive that information sometimes. Well, here's the thing too. It's like you can you can start from zero. You can like build up, let's say a real estate business or something. Um, maybe you started working normal jobs and then you, you know, you, you ended up doing really well and you own brokerages and you have all these people under you and then you're an influencer and you're this Gary V type of a character. You can tell people, hey, you know, go garage selling, go, you know, sell sports cards on eBay. You know, you can make a thousand bucks on a weekend by doing this and this. And there's a lot of truth to that. There's a lot of like grind and hustle to that that maybe they can relate to. But again, you know, that's your one path that you took and it it worked for you mm-hmm. but it's like again there was probably a lot of luck involved in there for you and being born with rich parents helps because they're, they're he's getting <sighs> advice from people who have already made money you have a yeah. blueprint in front of you and not every person <clears throat> not every person is going to start their empire off grad sailing and selling you know garage sale stuff on ebay right and, trading sports car you know it's like yeah. it's good advice and it's good to motivate people and i'm sure it helps some people yeah but it's like just because you've figured out your own path and had success like you don't have all the answers for everybody you know and i was just reading or yeah i was reading a part in ryan holiday's book and he was actually talking about that <clears throat> he said um and it was kind of like we talked about with fighting he said with business you could come up with a good product you could do everything right go to bed early wake up or go yeah go to bed early wake up early eat well connect with people still fail yeah that's life not everyone is going to succeed in the way that you think you are it's still worth being on the path you should you shouldn't fear going down that road you should fear what you miss out on if you don't act and that was like his whole point it's it's still worth the the pursuit Mm -hmm. but just know that it still might fail yeah, exactly. you could do everything. You yeah. could listen to all the fucking podcasts and how-to books and still eat shit. Yeah, that's life. Yeah, but again, who you become by pursuing that is worth it in yeah. a lot of people's minds. You can be a master specialist fighter in the UFC and get knocked out in front of everybody or yeah. stop like, like all the like time. Israel did. Yeah, it's like yeah, nothing's ever guaranteed for no. anybody. No. But you have to try it. It's worth trying. Exactly. What else are you going to do? Yeah, that's just it. What else are you going to do? You know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I wanted to talk about one thing. Um, what Dwayne Ludwig said to me. Yeah. So, I, I've kind of said this before, but I, you know, I'm a black belt in Bang Muay Thai. And I, I view myself as a black belt. I think my technique and my abilities are at black belt level. I think my coaching is maybe a four-stripe blue belt 
maybe a purple belt. <coughs> and Dwayne Ludwig, when he was tying the belt around my waist, he said, once you get your black belt, the journey just begins. Now you can hone it in, perfect your technique, display it, and articulate it so that you can perpetuate it, share it, and change people's lives. Wow. He said it without a stutter. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm like, did you That's... write that down? Because clearly he didn't. Because he was just ra- he was just wrapping shit off every time he tied a belt around and gave a promotion. The but... universal mind just yeah. spoke through him, the yeah. spirit. <laughs> so, and I was thinking about this, the, the, That's crazy. the part that he said, um, articulate it. Mm. And I, um, I got a hair in my mouth. <laughs> and like with the, with articulating it. I can articulate the Bang Muay Thai system well. I know it well. But I'm realizing and I, I'm going to really practice this and get good at it. This is where the next level of my coaching ability comes because I, I want to do just that. I'm not just teaching martial arts. I really am changing people's lives. And I think anytime you do something and you do it with passion, whether it's real estate or what a selling coffee, whatever it is, I think you can change people's lives. And some, even just some of the messages I get from some of my clients, like I've, I've kind of talked to you like, man, sometimes I get messages where I'm like, holy shit. Like I don't realize that I'm even making an impact outside of martial arts. Sometimes you're making a much bigger difference than we think. Yeah, man. And so when, you know, I think about articulating it so I can perpetuate it and, you know, share it and change people's lives. So going back to the articulate it. I can articulate what the BMT system is. I can teach the combos. I I know how to set things up. Where I struggle is that I see that there is a problem, but I can't pinpoint and articulate what the problem is and how to fix it. So if I see good technique, I know when I see it. I know when I see good technique. Sometimes I see bad technique and I know it's there, but I can't pinpoint what exactly is causing the poor technique. Mm-hmm. Like some people are very close, like their hands are up, there's <clears> something <throat> going on and then they throw like a one, two and I'm like, fuck that looked off. But what was it? What was happening that I, I can't detect and I can't articulate and mm-hmm. I can't help them. Yeah. And so for me to truly share it and articulate it properly, I had to sit down with that and be like, okay, if I want to be like a Trevor Whitman or a Dwayne Ludwig and I, and I want, then I want to be there and I want that. eye, how do I increase my ability to see that problem and actually fix it? And I was like, I think I need more film study, but in a different way. Cause I, I used like, I, I watch a lot of film and I study fights, but it's typically how did they set that up? There's a difference, right? It's like, I'm yeah. not, I'm not seeing where is their shoulder when they throw the cross? Where's their hip? Where's their knee turning towards? Where's their foot pivoting? Where's their, ch- like it was noticing those little details. Yeah. And so like when I, I just watched that video and Dwayne was giving me the black belt and I, I, I kept listening to what he said and then I wrote it down and then I just thought about my own coaching. I just did a lot of like put the mirror on me and like, how do I get to that level? How can yeah. I change people's lives more? I want to help them more. Mm-hmm. So when they have like that issue, I can just see it right away, fix it, and then move on. Film study, but specific things where I'm not, no longer am I seeing like, how do they set that jab up? I'm seeing how did they throw that jab? Mm-hmm. So that when I see bad technique, I know little cues of what perfect technique looks like. So now I can slowly kind of direct them towards and mold them towards perfect technique. Yeah. They throw a jab, oh, your shoulder dropped. Try to heighten it. They throw it, maybe the hip didn't turn or whatever. But yeah, just that quote made me kind of like view my own coaching ability and then ask the question, okay, if I notice that problem, how do I get it better? Yeah. What do I got to do? Yeah. I just have to watch it with a different eye. So now I just scrubbed my old lens off of, of maybe how to set things up. And now it's like, how did they throw it in the first place? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do know what you're saying. I feel like I would benefit from watching video of myself because I feel like I have a bit of that with striking where I feel like I'm doing it right, but like something micro is off. And I'm like, I know if I were to watch this, like it would. there's there's a mistake somewhere with the way I'm throwing certain right. things, you know? Yeah. Um, what do you think he meant when he said perpetuate it? Um, doesn't perpetuate mean like um, it keeps going, like keep it going? Okay. 
That makes when sense. When I hear perpetuate, I just think like continually um, push it out to the world. That makes sense actually. Because the, yeah, I'm thinking of a Rolex, the Oyster Perpetual, like a, a watch that has that like keeps a ultra winding. Yeah. That uh, makes sense. Yeah. I, th- I think that's what that means. I okay. Google it, but we're, we got the podcast. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I, I like that idea, Yeah. you know, and I, yeah. I thought it was even cool. It's like, once you get your black belt, the journey just begins. And that's how I feel. Yeah. I feel like I want to be like a fucking good coach. I'm still not done fighting and doing my own thing. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that for me to get to that next level, I think just more specific film study on technique. I think Trevor Whitman's one of the best fundamental coaches in the world. Oh man. He's so good. Such yeah. a master. Yeah. So much enthusiasm, so much knowledge. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's what I wanted to tackle on that. It it's it's exciting that when the it's exciting when the thing that you're into, in our case martial arts, just has so many layers to peel back. <laughs> never ends. You know, it's like you don't ever get to that point where you're like, I think I got this. Yeah. It ever. never ends, man. Yeah. Yeah. And and like in in and I I'm sure you've now that you're coaching, like you've been there too. We've talked about this, but man, like just, I say that I struggled like a few times where I see like a technique and I can't fix it. There are other times where I see it and I know what to do and I give them a little cue and boom, light bulb goes off. Yeah. Like the other day I was yeah. um I think it was Sue Ellen. She's throwing a kick and she was like leaning a little too far back. And I just talked to her about posture and stuff. She threw the kick and right away as I'm like, there it is. That's the good technique. That's what I want. Cause I've watched Jonathan Haggerty kick enough and all those Siam boxing guys that have flawless technique. Yeah. I watch them so often that when I see it, I know it. And then all of a sudden she elevated into the kick and I'm like, there it is. Yeah. And she knew right away. She's that. like, that was it. Yeah. yeah, yeah I felt it. Different. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's rewarding. The the one tough thing I find is when we have like a big class, there's like 28 people in the class Mm. and um, like it's hard to get there. Certain people need more time. Yeah. And you're trying to get around to everybody. You feel like you've been neglecting a couple groups and it's like, fuck, we're running out of time. We like, we still got to do the next technique. Mm. So it'd be nice to just have no time limit and just get the right amount of time with some people. Cause so like private lessons are nice. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Kind of hone in and really yeah. give you got them one person attention. in front of you. Yeah. 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 But yeah, that's cool. Um, we got four minutes left. Um, I'm not going to get all of them. Let's go uh, with sex after marriage. Okay. That's, so, what, I, that's what I'm doing. So, yeah, yeah. So somebody at the gym, <laughs> they, um, they said they were, they, they were going to start practicing that they, him and his girlfriend, they didn't want to have sex till they were married. And I started like at, at first, my initial reaction was like fucking idiot. <laughs> but I mean, again, it's just not our, it's like not my culture, not my background. So like in my head, I'm like, oh, that's stupid. But then I was thinking, I'm like, okay, hey, what are the plus sides? And one of the things I thought about, because I've been listening to Lex Friedman a lot, and I actually heard, um, I like some of the questions that he asked. So you listen to Ben Shapiro on Lex Friedman, yeah. right? Sometimes he'll ask a question, and he knew Ben Shapiro was pro-life, but he said, Ben, could you make an argument for and against uh, abortion? Mm. And so now Ben Shapiro has to tap inside the mind of someone who disagrees with him. Yeah. And I was like, oh, what a fucking great question. And so now I'm starting to think, well, what's the benefit of like maybe sex after marriage? Because at first I'm like, I feel like you need to get to know the person like intimately, like sexually before you just marry that person. But then I was like, but what if they're very good at sex, but they're a psychopath and you're blinded by all the red flags because the sex is so good. And then you marry a lunatic because you got roped into the sex the sex almost lured you in and you missed out on red flags. Whereas if you had sex after marriage and the sex was removed out of the equation, now you just have intimacy on a communication level and you're really getting to know that person and building a a relationship and then you have sex after. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, I was like, okay, like maybe that's, maybe that's the avenue. But then also it's like, if you're not having sex, are you not going to rush the marriage just to have sex? <laughs> the sexual desire is strong. And all of a sudden you just marry someone a week later. Cause you're like, we need the bone. Yeah, yeah. And now you got all these, the government involved in your love. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's an interesting one, man. I yeah. can kind of like understand it, you know? Yeah. It but, seems risky, but it's like, I, maybe it's for the better, you know? And I, I guess the, the main takeaway was I think the Lex Friedman thing, I would like to get better at that. I thought that was really cool. I liked that he asked those questions and, and he gets people so it's like if I have an opinion about something can I voice both sides yeah before I open my big yapper like can I have empathy and understanding from both sides yeah and I was like fuck I really like that um that idea of 
you know, just before you spew your opinion on something, like, do you even understand the other side? That's what great interviewers and great podcasters like Lex Friedman or Lewis Howes do well is just ask questions, ask the right questions and like wording them in a certain way. Like you can ask a similar question, but it doesn't leave it as open-ended, you know? Right. It's, It's a skill. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's wrap her up. Yeah. Episode 86, you're off to New York when? Tomorrow? Yeah, uh, Friday I'm leaving to New York for one week. Oh, and shit. I'll we'll have lots back. to talk about. That'll be good. Yeah, we'll have uh, lots to talk about for next week. So. Yeah, I was scrounging for this one. Yeah. Because we, we did the last one on Sunday or was it Friday? Was it Friday or Sunday? Um, It was Friday. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, it's not big of an excuse. But yeah, yeah, anytime it's like a little bit like away from that full week. Totally. I'm like, man, yeah. I need to like listen to podcasts, read some books, get some content. But yeah. I'm glad we made it work. Yeah. Okay, thanks for listening. Episode 86. See you next week.